0: I wonder if any of you all, I know some of you might be teachers in here, get fact-checked often by students or maybe at the dinner table you get fact-checked by your children. So it could be the simplest statement. It could be, you should eat the zucchini because it's a good brain food, and then within 30 seconds. One of my kids tells me, actually, no, Mom, zucchini is not one of the top 10 brain foods. There are a lot of other vegetables that taste better and really would be better for our brains. I realize at that point, okay, I'm needing to give you a little bit more context. Uh, the pr- it's proven that eating fresh fruits and vegetables is good for you, and tonight, this is the fresh vegetable you get, so you need to be quiet and eat it. It can be so easy to quickly search something up and find a fact, or to hear one news feed, and from those Google searches or those one news feeds, to like make a judgment about the whole truth of that one thing. I want you to know that one of the core beliefs of the Presbyterian Church USA, and one of the fundamental beliefs of this particular Presbyterian Church, is that we read scripture within its context, and that also means that you read Scripture within the context of the whole Scripture. I begin with this as a starting point, y'all, because these texts we are going to study during Lent, they must be read and studied within context. You're going to read them and think, really, Jesus? It doesn't sound like you. Say it isn't so. Our hope for this series Is that these texts are going to stir something within you? So much so that you're going to want to have a conversation about it. Maybe with someone in your family, even if you're a family that doesn't talk about religion. Maybe it will encourage you to go home and you're going to to want to see this context around these troubling words of Jesus. Or maybe you're going to want to try out one of these connect groups, even if you're not a Bible study type. Each of these texts is a doozy. Stacy and I reflected that when preachers have this as an option to preach on, they tend to choose the other scriptures that might go along with that lectionary Sunday. But friends, these texts like zucchini, they are really good brain food. So I invite all of us to pull up a chair and taste this word. We continue in our Gospel of Luke chapter 12, starting at verse 49. Jesus speaking, he says, I have come to bring fire to the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided. Three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, Mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. In the midst of the Russian-Ukrainian War, hearing Jesus say things like, I have come not to bring peace but division, it doesn't seem very helpful, does it? Whenever we read scripture and we see something or read something that just doesn't sit right with us and we think that's not really helpful, that is a huge indicator that you need to help yourself to look deeper into what it's saying. Because you see, what we see in the context of that passage is that Jesus is at the end of a long and frustrating evening. He had been invited to a Pharisee's house for dinner, and we're told that at the dinner there are lawyers and lots of educated people there. Jesus walks into the party, and he immediately goes and takes a seat at the table, which would have been on the ground. He sits down, and then we are told that the host chastises him because he forgot to wash before he sat down at the table. Needless to say, the party did not end well and people were not happy about what Jesus had said. And so Jesus leaves this party and everyone there is really insulted. They're really mad at him. When he leaves, the text says that the Pharisees follow him outside. And it says this, they follow him and they begin to act hostile toward him, violent. They begin to cross-examine him, violent with their words, and they lie in wait for him to catch him in something that he might say. You see, Jesus got fact-checked at the dinner table. As the evening continues, this is what the text reads. The crowd has gathered by the thousands so that they trampled on one another. Jesus began to speak first to his disciples. It is into this context that we find our text today. And so Jesus begins this sermon warning the disciples about what he has just witnessed at that dinner party. He has just witnessed outright hypocrisy. The folks that are supposed to know all the religious rules, are supposed to be the models of what it looks like to be a life following God, all they are concerned about is what's on the outside. They are not concerned at all about what is going on inside people's hearts. So Jesus says beautiful things in this passage, in this sermon. He says, do not worry about your life. Don't you know that your life is more important than what you eat or what you wear? He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It is in this context where Jesus has just witnessed religious people who are so focused on pointing out the wrong in others, being sticklers of the laws and holding people to them and failing. To examine their own hearts, it is into that context that Jesus says this: "I have come to bring fire to this earth, and how I wish it were already kindled." This past Wednesday, we began our Ash we began Lent with our Ash Wednesday service, and Stacy stood right there. And she held up the ashes and she reminded us what those ashes mean and why it's so significant for us as followers of Jesus to to put them on our heads. And she talked about how it reminds us of our finitude. We are mortal, but oh my gosh, how amazing that God fought to include each of us in this larger story. But then she said this, and it stuck with me so deeply. She said, to get these ashes something had to be burned. Something had to go through the fire so that impurities would be melted away and only that which has been refined remains. Consider the evening that Jesus had. No wonder he longed for the fire of the Holy Spirit to be present within the the people. Jesus in this sentence is expressing his desire for people to stop just looking like faith followers and instead become transformed into God lovers. What Jesus says he has come to bring fire, he didn't mean fire that would hurt or harm creation or humanity. He meant fire that would purify and free humanity. And then Jesus goes on to say, Do you think I have come to bring peace on this earth? No, no, I tell you division. And in other translations, it says, No, I tell you a sword. And then he lists all of these intimate family relationships for which there is going to be division. You see, this is about a movement from faith as religion, faith as just self identification, faith as doctrine to faith as formation. This is about a decision to point the finger at oneself instead of pointing it out at everyone else. In context, we know that Jesus is speaking in a world where Rome is in control. Rome sets the cultural expectations for people and those expectations are power, success, Wealth, status, climbing the ladder. Jesus is challenging this. When people take being a Jesus follower seriously, it will bring division because it's countercultural, even in the most intimate of relationships. But the division looks differently. It's like, it looks like choosing compassion over judgment. Choosing humility over puffing oneself up. Choosing forgiveness over holding onto grudges, even if they are centuries long and justifiable. Choosing to be in relationship with those that live on the margins instead of with those that might help me climb up the ladder. And these choices, they will most certainly disturb the peace. They will bring division. Think about it, y'all. If following Jesus did not bring division, why did Jesus even come to share the good news? He would have just come and said, y'all are so good, exactly as you are. The news wasn't good because it affirmed where people were. It was good because it compelled people to actually live differently. The news was that humanity needed saving. Humanity needed transformation. And God loved us so much that he was going to come in the flesh and die so that we might be able to have that. Does this passage mean that Jesus is not the prince of peace or does it contrast with all of those beautiful statements about peace passing all understanding? Certainly not. This passage does mean that as some things needed to be overturned in first century Israel, so too now in our culture, things need to be overturned. And this is much more than just an absence of conflict or an absence of war. It's it's been heightened in our minds over the past several weeks because of what's going on in Europe. But friends... The the gang violence has been the same and steady and awful for decades. Our foster situation in Texas is in a crisis to where thousands of children do not have homes to go to and are sleeping on the floors of our foster agencies. There has always been conflict and war. This is not the type of peace that Christ is talking about. This is about people of God transforming their lives more into who God has called us to be. And friends, it's going to disrupt the peace. Think about it just in the physical sense, in biology. You've got a caterpillar that has to go through the transformation to get to a butterfly. Think about a woman who grows a being with inside of her for nine, it's really 10 months, and you see the body changing. Think about many times my boys woke up in the, this is like the years eight through present, and they would say, I just hurt today. And we used to just say, oh, stop being lazy. And then whenever we'd go to the pediatrician, the pediatrician would say, I cannot believe how much you have grown in the past year. It had to have hurt. Growing pains, transformation is going to cause some disruption, but look what it leads to. Beauty, life, wisdom, maturity, growth. This is a call this lent for us to to shake things up a bit in our souls. We need to look inside and say, what needs some disrupting? What in our lives might need to be purified? and burned by the Spirit of God so that we can be refined. May we all set an intention this Lent, an intention to draw closer to God. May it be an intention on our way to the cross. May it be so in my life and in yours. Amen.